Well, friends, would you turn with me, please, to the words that we read in Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and uh, reading verses 13 to 18 again. For David writes, For you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake. And I am still with you. The Bible declares the truth that the God who is revealed in its pages is omnipotent. That is, he is absolutely sovereign. He is all-powerful. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, he is described as being great and awesome. In Job chapter 9, he's described as being mighty in strength. In Isaiah chapter 40, he's described as being strong in power. In Jeremiah 32, he's described as being the one who made the heavens and the earth, the one for whom nothing is too difficult. In Luke chapter 1, Mary is told by the angel that nothing is impossible with this God. And then in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus clearly and categorically states that with God, All things are possible. Last Sunday we began looking at Psalm 139 where we found David affirming the truth that his God is both omniscient, that is he is all-knowing, but also omnipresent, all-present. And in verses 13 to 18 he now affirms the truth that his God is omnipotent, he is all-powerful, and he draws this out by speaking about two things, the formation and the foreordination. The formation and the foreordination. First we have the formation. Look at verses 13 to 15. Here David celebrates the Lord's formation of his whole being. Verse 13 we hear David's proclamation. We read, For you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. David begins by saying that the Lord created his outer self. His inward self, sorry. He speaks about the Lord forming his inner parts. That word inner parts means a person's guts. It's a Hebrew expression for a person's innermost self. Their emotions, their intentions, their will. David is proclaiming the Lord to be the one who formed his passions and his pleasures. His delights and his desires. His intellect and his intentions. Everything about his inner person Created by this God. And David goes on and says that this God not only created his inner self, but his outer self. Look again at verse 13. He speaks about the Lord knitting him together in his mother's womb. Last week we heard David expressing his wonder that regardless of whether he ascended to the highest peak or descended to the lowest pit, he would find that the Lord was there. He was convinced that there was nowhere in the whole creation, nowhere in the whole cosmos, where he could go where the Lord was not, where he would somehow be outside the strong, sovereign hands of his God. And look at what he's saying now in verse 13. He's saying, even in my mother's womb, 
I was in the hands of my God. And look at what this God was doing while he was in the womb of his mother. This God was knitting him together, carefully crafting him. So as far as David is concerned, his whole being, body and soul, outer and inner self, all of it created by the Lord. We move though from David's proclamation to David's praise in verse 14. We read, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. David opens with this exclamation of praise. He says, I praise you. He finds himself unable to hold back. He, he cannot keep what he is feeling inside. He, he finds praise gushing from his lips as he bursts out and as he says, I praise you. And he proceeds to give an explanation for his exclamation. Look again at verse 14. He praises the Lord as the one who fearfully and wonderfully made him. The Lord's formation of his inner self and his outer self provokes fear and wonder in David's heart. Last week we noted that David was filled with amazement, filled with astonishment, filled with awe as he considered the Lord's knowledge of him. And now we see that David is filled with amazement, with astonishment, with awe, not only as he considers the Lord's knowledge of him, but also the Lord's creation of him. And he goes further and praises the Lord, not simply for fearfully and wonderfully making him, but also, look at verse 14, for all his wonderful works. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that this idea of the Lord's works refers to his works of creation and his works of salvation. And here we find David expressing his firm conviction that all God's works, yes, his works of creation, but also his works of salvation, all God's works are worthy of praise. Then in verse 15, David gives another proclamation. We read, My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, David had been proclaiming the Lord's creation of him, his inner and outer self, verse 13. And then he had digressed. He had got himself so excited that he started praising the Lord for his work of creation, for all his wonderful works. Verse 15, verse 14. And now in verse 15, he returns to this theme of proclaiming the Lord to be his great creator. And he claims here that his frame, his physical body, wasn't hidden from the Lord. The development of a person in the womb is full of mystery. Today we can get a small glimpse of the development of a person in the womb through the use of ultrasound scans. But in David's day there was none of that technology. The womb was a hidden place. The womb was a secret place. But look at what David's saying here. He's saying here that his frame wasn't hidden from the Lord while he was in the womb. He, he's saying that his frame wasn't hidden from the Lord as he was in the womb being intricately woven together in the depths of the earth. He's proclaiming the Lord once again as his great creator. Uh, friends, as we consider these verses, we're being reminded that every detail of every human life has been formed by the Lord. The God of Psalm 139. Every detail of every human life has been formed by the Lord. 
That's what we hear David proclaiming. He sees the Lord as the one who created his whole being, body and soul. He sees every moment moment of his existence in the womb, every moment of his development in the womb, as being under the sovereign direction and watch care of his God. And you know, friends, that is so important for us to hear and to take on board today. Jason Meyer writes, we don't have value based on the contributions we make to others. We have value based on being created by God. Think about that, friends. Every human life has dignity, has worth, has value. And every human life has dignity, worth, value, because every human life, body and soul, inner and outer person, has been fearfully and wonderfully made, put together by the all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God of Psalm 139. And maybe some of us really need to hear that. Maybe you really need to hear that. When I was in secondary school, I hated being short. I hated the nickname Wee Shuggy. And even now, it still grates on me being short. And, and you might think I need serious help, but when I was ordering the shoes for the wedding, I saw that you can pay extra to have two inches in height added to your shoes. And... And I put the shoes in the online shopping basket. And then I had a moment of common sense. And I thought, Hugh, what on earth are you doing? You cannot be towering over Natalie all your life. You will, you'll just have to accept that you, you are short. And, and maybe there's something about you that you wish was different. Something about your inner self. Something about your outer self. And you think, I wish it was different. And this psalm tells you that the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God of Psalm 139 has made you just the way he wants you to be. Nothing about you is a mistake. Nothing about you is an error. Instead, we are the work of a master craftsman who has personally and skillfully, fearfully and wonderfully made us in the wombs of our mothers. Again, quoting Jason Meyer, don't downplay the wonder that you were made by God. A painting made by Leonardo da Vinci is worth much more than any stick art I could make. God's signature can be seen clearly on the canvas of each and every human life. We rob God of praise if we deny that he is the artist and author. And so this morning I want to ask friends, do you believe this? Do you believe that every detail of every human life, your own included, has been created, formed by the Lord? Do you believe that every detail of every human life has been created, formed by the living God? Do you believe that every detail of every human life has been created, formed by the God of Psalm 139? Nothing about you is a mistake. Nothing about you is an accident. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The formation. We move, though, from the formation to the foreordination. Look at verses 16 to 18, where David celebrates the Lord's foreordination of all his days. In verse 16, we hear David making another proclamation. 
Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. David continues the thought of the previous verses. He highlights that the Lord saw his unformed substance. Beginning of verse 16. In verse 15, David spoke about being made in secret. Being intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And now in verse 16, David speaks about the Lord's eyes seeing his unformed substance. The Lord saw David when he was nothing more than a formless mass. The Lord saw David when he was nothing more than an incomplete vessel. The Lord saw David when he was simply an embryo in the womb of his mother. And having said that, David introduces a new thought as he claims that this God wrote all his days in his book. David was a firm believer that God has a book. In Psalm 56, he speaks about the tears of God's people and the tossings of God's people being written in his book. Then in Psalm 69, David speaks about the wicked being blotted out or erased from God's book of the living. And here we find David expressing his belief that even when he was an embryo in the womb of his mother, the Lord had written all his days in his book. Isn't that some thought? Every detail of David's life was written in the Lord's book. Before David emerged from the womb, the Lord had planned and predestined everything that would happen in David's life. Every pleasure he would enjoy, every pain that he would endure. He wrote David's birthday, he wrote David's death day, and he wrote all the days in between. All of it written in God's book. The obscure and unknown days, the unrecorded days. Think of all those days that David spent caring for his father's sheep in Bethlehem, written in God's book. The day when the prophet Samuel approached him and said to him, you are now God's chosen king. That day written in God's book, before David was born. The day when David went out and fought the giant Goliath. When Goliath was saying, I just want someone to challenge me. Is anyone going to challenge me? Before David emerged from the womb, that day was written in the book. The day when he was running from Saul for his life and all the years spent in the wilderness running from Saul, written in God's book. The day when he heard the report about the death of his best friend Jonathan, written in God's book. The day when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into Jerusalem and David danced with such joy that his wife thought that he was off his head, written in God's book. The day when he showed such kindness to Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, welcomed him to his table, written in God's book. But think about this as well. The day when he saw Bathsheba. And the day when he took Bathsheba. That day was written in God's book. The day when he orchestrated the murder of Bathsheba's husband. Written in God's book. The day when he was told that Absalom, his son, had died in battle. Written in God's book. The day when Solomon was pronounced his successor. Written in his book. Nothing that happened to David was a result of chance, luck or fate. You know this, friends. You hear me say, you've heard me say it now for seven years, there is no such thing as chance, luck, or fate in the life of a Christian. Everything has been written. 
in God's book. But we move from David's proclamation to David's praise in verses 17 and 18. We read, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Once again, we hear David making an excited exclamation. Look at verse 17. He describes the Lord's thoughts as being precious. He sees the Lord's thoughts as being of great significance, great value. And once again, he provides an explanation for that exclamation in verses 17 and 18. He claims that the Lord's thoughts are vast. He claims that the Lord's thoughts are uncountable. They are more numerous, he says, than the sand on the seashore. David has already expressed his amazement, his astonishment, his awe at the Lord's formation of his whole being in the womb of his mother, verses 13 to 15. And now he expresses his amazement, his astonishment, his awe, not only at the Lord's formation of him in his mother's womb, but the Lord's foreordination of all his days before he left the womb of his mother. He's overwhelmed. Overwhelmed that the Lord has mapped out his life. Overwhelmed that the Lord has written the whole script from start to finish. And all he can exclaim is how How precious are your thoughts, O God. And he closes this section by reflecting on the Lord's presence at the very end of verse 18. We read, I awake and I am still with you. This is literally translated, when I come to the end, I am still with you. Now David could be saying, when I come to the end of all my thoughts about my God, I am still with him. Or he could be saying, when I come to the end of my days, when I come to the end of my life, I am still with God. In verses 8 to 12, David celebrated the truth of the Lord's omnipresence, his presence with him in all places, all experiences. And now David reminds himself of the truth that this all-powerful, omnipotent God is still his omnipresent, all-present God. Nothing will ever separate David from his all-powerful God. Nothing will snatch him from his God. Nothing will tear him away from his God. What a thought. So friends, as we consider these verses, we're being reminded that every detail of every human life has been foreordained by God. Every detail of every human life has been foreordained by the God of Psalm 139. That's what we hear David proclaiming. David sees the Lord as the one who wrote all his days in his book. All David's days, from from the day of his birth to the day of his death, written in God's book. And so David is able to see all his experiences, all his pleasures, all his pains, all the seasons of faithfulness and faithlessness as being planned and predestined by this omnipotent, all-powerful God. And that is so important for us to hear and to take on board today, friends. This psalm dismisses any notion that a person might have that the God of the Bible is taken aback. That he's surprised by the things that happen in the lives of his people. 
This psalm even dismisses any notion that the God of the Bible simply sees or knows or looks ahead to what is going to happen in the life of a person in the future. This psalm declares that the God of the Bible is a God who has planned and predestined every detail of every day, of every person, of every age, in every country, of every year. There is never a moment, there is never a minute, there is never a millisecond when when this God looks at a person, looks at their situation, and wrings his hands in despair saying, I don't know what to do. Has someone ever come up to you and, and, and they've been going through something and you, you said to them, I just don't know what to do. There is never going to be a day when this God says that to you. He is in full and total control. He has written the script from start to finish. And that is a tremendous comfort, that is a tremendous encouragement when we are being bombarded by bad news by our media who are wanting to fearmonger all the time. There is not one news item, whether you go onto the BBC News, ITV News, Channel 4 News, Channel 5 News, GB News or whatever other news you watch, there is not one item of news, whether it be the cost of living whether it be COVID, whether it be climate change, whether it be conflict in Ukraine, there is not one news item that has taken this omnipotent God by surprise. He doesn't wake up, he doesn't turn on the news and think to himself, goodness gracious me, I never saw that coming. He is in full and total control. Do you find that a comfort? Dale Ralph Davis says that sometimes this is the only glue that holds God's people together. That whatever happens in the world, we know that this God is in full and total control. And this morning, this psalm is inviting us and it's calling us to praise this all-powerful God. In this psalm, we find David praising the Lord for his wonderful works, his work of creation, his creation of all things in general, and creation of himself in particular. That inspires David to praise, but also his works of deliverance, his works of salvation, his works of rescue. That also inspires David to praise. And friends, that is the same God whom we worship today. He is the God who is mighty in his work of creation. Look at what you see around you today. You know, it would be lovely if this building had a a panorama window here. Maybe, Spangy, you can ask if they can have a panorama window or something here. But if you looked out there today, you would see so much beauty and all of it created by God. Or look at every person in this room. Each one created by this God. He is mighty in his work of creation, but also mighty in his work of salvation. His great rescue and deliverance of his people through the death, de- death, defeating death and resurrection of Jesus, the eternal God made human flesh. And the question is, friends, will we praise this God? Will we worship this omnipotent, all-powerful God today? John Murray was professor of systematic theology at Westminster Theological Seminary from 1929 till 1966. And one of his students made this observation about his lectures. Fear of God dominated Professor Murray's classroom. 
Each period began with prayer from the professor's lips, which brought all into the presence of an awesome God. Each subject was handled in a dignified and solemn manner that conveyed deep reverence for the Almighty. Professor Murray breathed the attitude that all things in his lectures were holy and majestic. Not a study of the fear of God, but the professor's visible and audible manifestations of that fear became a main lesson for his young disciples. Another student made this point. To be able to sit in Professor Murray's classroom and take notes on his lectures was itself a religious experience, since he himself approached the material with such a deep sense of devotion. Friends, this omnipotent, all-powerful God, whom Professor Murray lectured on and Psalm 139 presents us with, he's not to be analysed. He's to be adored. This omnipotent God of Psalm 139 isn't to be mulled over and meditated on. He is to be magnified and made much of. This omnipotent God of Psalm 139 isn't to be pondered. He is to be praised. And so this morning, at the start of this new day and the start of this new week, we are simply being called, we are being invited to do so. Friends, let's, let's not leave this building today saying, my, isn't the weather nice? And that's all we say. Let's leave this building today, friends, saying, how excellent in all the earth, Lord, our Lord, is thy name. Let's leave this building today, friends, saying, our God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful, and his works in creation and salvation are wonderful.